Hi, this is Jennifer. I'm Elizabeth. This is Amanda. And I'm Jasmine. And And we are the Sisters Sisters Collective. We invite you to pull up a seat and join our family meeting. All right. Welcome back. Welcome Welcome back. Hi, ladies. Hi. All right. Welcome back, listeners. We are back for another episode of the Sisters Collective. And we welcome you back to our family meeting. In this family meeting, we're going to be discussing women's health, in particular, Mm -hmm. black women's health. Yes. But before we get into that, let's get into this garage sale. Is that what it's called? The no. yard sale. Okay, it's the yard sale. Same, same thing. The yard same sale. Thing. Yard <laughs> sale, garage go. sale, whatever. It's still got to what? Go. Got to go. This oh, segment, we, write, we talk about things that we want to let go of. They got to go for the free. Not for the low, but for the free. They just got to go. Mm-hmm. Right I, now, who wants to start? Who has something to throw away? Something they want to get rid of? Listen, I, I will start. Um, I am getting rid of this idea that I have to do this all by myself. Why did you take mine? But whatever. Go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, maybe like, we're all in the same season. I think we're all in that we same are, season. We're, really, listen, yeah. We had these conversations. We all in that same season. But it's like on two different levels. Spiritually, I have to like, come on now. I need to like really. Partnership is necessary. Be like, I need to give it all. Like give it all to God because mm-hmm. OMG. And business wise, relationship wise, I just need to communicate. So I'm not feeling like I'm doing this all by myself. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to manage things by myself. Cause you're not. That space can be very overwhelming. Like that's Ooh, a whole nother. I, that's a whole nother segment. To be honest with you, about um, purposeful partnership mm-hmm. um, and what that really looks like. Um, but yeah, I guess I'll go since I I have another one that I that was gonna be my second one. Okay. Um, and I literally just forgot it. So Amanda, go. What is? <laughs> what are you throwing away? Wow. Brain yeah, memory. You need your ginkgo biloba. Right. 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 <laughs> um, for me, I am. I guess I think I said that before about. Um, just letting go. For me, I really feel like I'm superwoman, and I think it's so hard for me to like accept help. So I'm working on the same thing, Jasmine, like letting go of trying yeah. to do this by myself. Like I just I don't got to be superwoman. I can lean on my team like this week. I was leaning on my team in one of my businesses and saying, like, you know what? I don't have to. I can delegate more responsibly. Yes. 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 And that's yes. important because then your team gets the opportunity to step up yes. and show you what they can do. So yeah. it was great. Mm-hmm. I think what I need to let go of um is anxiety, but my anxiety mm. is normally, it's normally based around me trying, trying to, do to do things do on my own. <laughs> right. Yes. right. So it's Spasm interesting moment. that we're all kind of in the same place. Um, I don't have to navigate spaces, but part of it is not doing things on my own, but trying to navigate spaces on my own. There are right. some things that I'm supposed to do. It's my work, right? Absolutely. but I don't have to navigate that space in isolation. Mm, um, and that brings it. a lot of anxiety to me or thinking that everything that I do has to be done the way that I've always done it. Um, and I'm learning to trust the process and also mm-hmm. trusting that who I'm connected to has my best interest in heart, God, mm-hmm. and that he's he. there's no good thing he'll withhold from me. Mm. So everything that I need, I will get, even if it doesn't come the timing that I think I need it. Ooh. And so <laughs> I, I've been Can very anxious listen? about... That was you know, a word. just little things that little as I'm trying to really hone in on who it is that I am and where it is that I'm going. I'm have, having to be very intentional right now. And a part of being intentional is knowing what my processes look like, really yes. streamlining my process. And I admit that 
Uh, I've been really anxious about some things because I'm doing them, but I don't feel like they're coming together as well as I normally would see them coming together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that makes me nervous because the part of me that is really exacting um, and really, um, there's another word for it, but that really, no, precise. Precise. not really that yes. uh, analytical, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that part of me gets very anxious when things aren't kind of panning out. So I'm throwing away anxiety. I'm throwing away the idea that it has to look the same every single time. Um, there's no formula to this thing called life. So that has to go. I yes. hear you. I hear you. That on has that. to go. That is a word because I, like you said, we are all in that similar yeah. headspace because, especially when we started this podcast, I feel like we were all like, okay, so let's let's do this, let's do this. But then in the middle of us doing that, we still have all of our own individual things. Yeah, that People are like that. that are like, okay, I am doing a lot. Yeah. <laughs> we literally, we literally already had very full lives like uh-huh. every single one of us yeah. had f u l l lives yes <laughs> business owners yes busy in ministry moms um running whole schools yeah. right right okay hello running whole schools and then we said oh yeah we want to do a podcast together <laughs> let's throw that in the plate like, as what? if our plates were not full <laughs> but the good thing about it all is when it's something that you're supposed to be doing when it's p- part of purpose mm-hmm. no matter how even if it's something extra it won't be too much right and we found a way yes. um to add it to our plate and it doesn't feel like we're unbalanced. We're simply having to balance it better. To structure right. differently. Right. We're just having right. to structure things differently and move things around and clear our place. And I think it's working Absolutely. just fine. It's working great. I think so. it's but working I think just, um, just having the right headspace for all of it. Yes. And I think yeah. what you said about things in purpose and when it all comes together, it's like, oh, this is all coming together. But sometimes as you restructure, it feels uneasy. Yeah. As you restructure, yeah. things feel messy. Yeah. If you've ever been trying to clean your home, Oh my God! Before it gets clean, it looks like a tornado came through. And so, what has happened in the the infancy stages of the Sisters Collective? Our personal lives look like tornadoes were running through them. But it's just (laughs) us getting things back settled. Absolutely. And the dust is going to settle as the season changes. It it happens. Yeah. But it's got to go though. Like all. Yeah, the anxiety, all that has to go, and it's fine. Because we are absolutely a okay. Yeah, we're fine. We got this. You might hear that we are one sister down today. It's just because the big cheese is at at work um, doing what she does, running things. And she'll be in here later. And if not, then you guys can just send us some love on Facebook and all the other places where you can see us at. By the way... By the way, if you guys have questions for us, please yes, start sending yeah. us questions to our email, the sisters collective six at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. The sisters collective six at gmail.com or message us on Facebook, message us on Instagram, or send us a message on Twitter. Yes. You can find all of our um Instagram, all of our handles, all of our social media handles um on Facebook. Yeah. Or anywhere else. Email us if you're looking for them. But they are on our social media platforms send us questions because we want to start we want to start using your questions online we'll start asking your questions and we'll keep your name anonymous if you have something personal or if you want it to be anonymous say give me a fake name we'll give you a fake name and still air your question and still answer your question so we want you guys to do that as soon as possible, go ahead and start sending us those questions. Right. We are here, you know, as a unit um, to help the family grow individually and as a collective. Mm-hmm. So your questions can be education questions. They can be about the family, anything. how to grow. It can be anything. anything. Yeah. Personal um, questions, whatever yeah. the questions, anything that affects the human being, yeah. we're, we're down for talking about because at the core right. of who we are, at first and foremost, we're human beings. Right. Right. Then we're so women. We should be able to help and <laughs> speaking of that, all of this is the Sisters Collective. This podcast is not just for sisters. 
Right, absolutely. It's for brothers. It's, it's for aunties. It's for uncles. It's for cousins. It's for moms and dads. It's right. for anybody living and breathing that has a family that comes from a family that will be all of us. Right. <laughs> this is the Sisters Collective, but each week we are having a family meeting. So don't think that because it says Sisters Collective that it is not for the brothers. It's for right. y'all too. It's, it's for everybody. We want to hear from you because we have information for you as well. That's Absolutely. Right. So you want to get questions. into the shows for today? Yes, let's dive on in. So this week we are really going to talk about women's health and specifically black women's health because that's the perspective that we are coming from as black women. So that's what we're going to talk about. Because we know and that because, all too And well. because there are some problems to talk and about. And there are some problems. And so... We wouldn't have to talk about it if there, if there was equity when it comes to healthcare <laughs> and women. We wouldn't have have to talk about it. Absolutely. And so being um, that I'm a new mom and I decided to go the birthing center route for having my baby, I know people, especially in, in our community, they might look at that and seem like, well, why? They may question it and say, like, the hospital system is better for us. They might have that. Cons- that safer. That you it's know. safer. They're prepared for the emergency. However, that that kind of um, train of thought can also be a problem. It can be kind of problematic. Mm-hmm. If I'm always only prepared for the worst case scenario, am I ever going to prepare my patients for the ease the normalcy. of it all? The normalcy. And for it to just go smoothly. Like literally in the process of me planning um, how I wanted the birth to go, I was talking to the doctor and they were like, well, you know, we would have to, you have to be connected to an IV, even though I'm, I was, a, had even a low though there's risk, nothing wrong, even though there's nothing wrong. I'm low risk. I don't have anything. They, they were saying like, you would have to have, um, at least have the port in if I did not want to have the IV connected. But they would have they would have done it if I wouldn't have like made any like fight against it. They would have automatically connected me to an IV. I would have had the monitors on regardless, even though everything is going. And all fine. of that is is a, a, a pay. It's a cost. Of it's pay, a cost uh, associated with that. Yes, and so like she, so I kind of talked to her, and she was talked her down off of having me connected to the IV. But an, initially, she was still like, "Who talked her down?" The doctor. Okay. My doctor. Mm-hmm. When I was with the doctor, because I literally did not. Um, I didn't stop um, seeing the doctor until like 32 weeks. I remember that. It was like I was trying to really process like, okay, I know I want to be in a birthing center environment. I knew that from the beginning. However, in the search, nobody was accepting my insurance. And I thought I thought that was the craziest thing. They were like, well, if you had if you had Medicaid, it's Medicaid. Wow, yeah. It's Medicaid, mm. right? Medicare is when you're older. older. Medicaid okay. is, yeah. So if I had Medicaid, they would have accepted the Medicaid. But my military insurance... That is so ...was weird. not accepted at 99% of the, the birthing centers that I looked at. And so I was just like, wow, this is crazy. And so I gave up on that thought. I didn't want to... I didn't want to not go that route, but I was also kind of discouraged. Like, right. well, this isn't go- I'm going to have to just go to the to the birthing center. I mean, go to the hospital. And that's just going to be what that is. It wasn't until 32 weeks when the doctor made some comments and, and questions. And, like what? and talk to us like about what, what that conversation yeah. was like. So, what happened? Um, in the first part of that, that last appointment that I had with her, it was, um, well, we see that you did not get the DTaP vaccine. So that was the first part of this conversation. Are you going to vaccinate your child? Because at this point, that's when they actually go through the 
birth plan with you. And so she was trying to recommend pediatricians to me and recommend all these other things to me. And when I said I wasn't sure at that point, she was like, well, you know, there is a, a measles outbreak out right trying now. Trying to scare you? I was basically. like, seriously? I was I'm like, yeah, I didn't go in as in the back of my mind. I was like, really, lady? <laughs> but, right. uh, you know, I'm just like, yes, we and Jabri was right there with me. So it's not like we are unfamiliar. Like we both are very much aware of everything that goes on. So we were just like, yeah, we we know, you know, that there's an outbreak. Like, yes. And then we also wanted to have what's called delayed cord clamping. And if you don't know what that is, it's basically when the placenta is allowed to stay connected to the baby for an extended period of time. And tell them why that's helpful. Um, because the blood that's in there, the, all the nutrients, that was already going to the baby. Yes. So why cut that off immediately after they're born when that still can be nutrients going to them until it stops? Because it literally is pulsating. If you just wait until it stops pulsating, then, then, then it's, it's done. And let's, let's so be very clear. No, they, go ahead. Let's be very clear. The only reason that hospitals don't, because hospitals don't automatically do that. When you give birth, they cut the cord immediately. And they pump your stomach to push the placenta out. I've I've been in births before and seen there is no delayed cord clamping when you're in a hospital. No. The reason they do that is it's not time sense. It's not time conscious. It right. doesn't allow them to go from one patient to the next patient because somebody right. has to sit there and monitor that and watch to see when the placenta stops being alive. Right. Right. So. The one reason why it is not done because it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not cost effective for them. It doesn't right. have to go from one to the next to pump out ten births in an hour instead of being able to do five. That because five mamas wanted delayed cord clamping and all that kind of carrying on. And right, the, you know. And right. she was literally like, "Oh well." I initially, in one of those first appointments that I and I had that conversation, she was like, "Yes, we do that," but now that it's thirty-two weeks and this baby could come at any moment, now she's like, "Well, delayed is one minute." Was, oh, we do it, but only for one minute. Oh, only for one minute. Take, take it back. Hold on. She asked you if you got the DTAP shot? Yes. Okay, so I have two kids. The kids get DTAP. When they start giving it to the moms? I guess recently, because literally, in the literally, world? this is this was while the baby's was, in the womb, so while, that then that is that is vaccination already, for the baby already in the already baby. in their system in in utero. Yes, already in their system in yes. utero, and that is the the primary. That's the reason. new wave. And I was like, no, I'm not getting that. And so that was her concern when I said that. So it's just all these things that really, like even choosing the pediatrician, one that she was trying to recommend to me, they are mandatory vaccination. You wow. can't be in their office if you don't get back, if your child is not getting vaccinated. They will not see you. So one of yeah. the reasons you decided to switch was because you saw that, that the, the doctor was not going to adhere to your wishes. You weren't going right. to have, you right. weren't, they weren't going to, they weren't listening to what you wanted for your body as if your what you wanted wasn't important. Right. And that, that is just not, I'm going to fight for me and my child before I listen to what you think is best because of your experience as a, as a doctor but or whatever. But it wasn't because it wasn't as though you didn't, you hadn't done your research and it wasn't as if they, you felt like they had your best interest at heart. So it was one thing to feel like they were adding knowledge to your plate. Right. right? But it wasn't as though they were enhancing anything that you already knew. It was almost They were just this, denying like, you the right, opportunity exactly. to have what you wanted. Exactly. And that was um, unacceptable. Right. And, and when you think about the, the fact that... Um, the birth rates um, for black women is so low that how it is in contrast to other women. And you think about 
um, women going in and wanting, having specific things they're wanting and those wishes not being granted. Mm-hmm. We have to be, we have to be knowledgeable about what is happening when it comes to the business of birthing. Um, right. We have to understand what is really going on when it comes to hospitals, hospitalization, birthing, and, and the care that's being given to women or not being given to women. This stems way beyond birthing, though. It but does. the birthing part is bad. I started doing some research, and one of the things that I looked up said something like, Black women are three to four times more likely to die from pregnancy-related causes than white women, according to the CDC. And that is sad. And a part of that, one of the things that I found is that um, it seems like people think that it's just now that it's getting worse. No, it's, it's been, been this way. Happening. Right. The only reason why it's becoming more prevalent to people is because now they see like, oh, Beyonce had an issue and Serena had an issue. And um, because now it's it, because what's happening is because now it's not just it's not it's not enough it's not just based on race alone. We'll put right. it like this. Your money won't stop you from being right. from being uh, af- affected by it. Right. Because there was a time when this was a poor people's problem. Mm-hmm. This was mm-hmm. poor black people that were being um, afflicted. It was people who were on Medicaid. It was the people who were who wanted the, the um, cesarean section so they could get out quickly and just get back home or get right. back to their life. And, you know, just pop that baby out and, you know, not have to worry about, you know, anything, any, any adverse effects to their vaginal areas or, you know, wanted something quick who were buying into the thing, the, the, the information system. that says you can go ahead and it's the same. It's the same process. And but our not. bodies were not created to be cut to have babies. We were meant to birth them, not deliver them. Right. I saw that on one right. on one of your friends pages and our bodies were made. Not nothing against a woman who has had a cesarean. I had I'm one. not knocking. Yeah. A cesarean, but that's not how our bodies were made to give birth and to produce children. Right. So when you are able to allow your body to release the seed that has been held up in your body, the natural way, your body knows how to heal itself from that. Mm -hmm. Your body has to figure out how to heal from a cesarean. Right. That's why it takes so much longer for your body to heal from a cesarean. Right. But there are a lot of hospitals who all they do are a lot of cesareans because it allows them it's quick they can get them in and get, and, get and go right to the next person mm-hmm. so we have and to start so much to more expensive yeah it's more expensive to the patient but no one is concerned about the expense to the patient because that's the physician that's getting paid right, right. and go ahead right so as you guys were talking about um, like celebrities that have had issues and things like that and how it used to be um, like a problem like a poor person problem um it's interesting because they said that black women, the statistics said that black women, like you said, are three to four more times uh, more likely to uh, die from childbirth or have complications. Um, and they said that number one driving factor is stress, is the uh, the big driving force behind the racial disparity we see in health outcomes. And that was Dr. McKenna. Um, she said there is a wide gap among blacks and whites when it comes to health outcomes for moms and babies in the U.S., um, so regardless of how much money we make, regardless of whatever, they're just saying that black women carry more stress in their bodies, which led me to think of that we carry more stress in our bodies when we go to the hospital, how they um, may treat us when we mm-hmm. go to the right, hospital, right. that they automatically assume that we can handle more. Um, and and I'm like, how so, Sway? Like, 
I think we come in knowing that our voice isn't going to be heard. So we and, don't speak and they up would, for ourselves. And we know we almost come in sometimes on the defensive because we know we're going to have to we're going to have to stand our ground kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I was reading here where it says there's a bigger problem. Basically, back, black women are undervalued. They are more monitored. They are not monitored as carefully as white women are. And when they do present with symptoms, they are often dismissed. So if I come in like this afternoon, I had a terrible headache just in the middle of my forehead. Mm -hmm. I've had issues with blood clots before. I knew that that wasn't what it was, but what if that was what it was? That was that's what was happening with Serena. She had a history of blood mm -hmm. clots, right. so she knew that there was a blood clot in her lungs, and she because she knew the symptoms, told them, but they didn't believe her, yeah, and they right. delayed her. Now this lady is we wealthy. We watched that. I watched that uh, the episode. Did you guys see it? Yes. Yeah. I watched it because she episode? was recording. It was when on it was HBO. Happening? Yeah, it was on HBO and they were it was recorded. So you could see it. So they did like a series of her wow. giving birth and you could actually see it. So if I were to go to a hospital with something that seems minor, like a, a headache that won't go away, that's been persisting for three and four days, more than likely they're not going to do extensive anything. They'll give me some medicine to see if the medicine allows it to, over, to, to subside. But if it was something detrimental that required immediate care, I more than likely won't get it right there. You know why? I'm not insured. Mm. Mm. You know what? That's so interesting because I, I just reminds me of a conversation I had when I was going to the chiropractor. I was my doula recommended that I go to the chiropractor while I was pregnant. And I tell you, that was the best decision I ever made. Um, but the chiropractor, he made something. He said this thing when I was first like going and he was kind of saying like they treat the system, the medicine, the all of these, um, the pharmaceutical companies, all of these systems are created to treat the symptoms and not the problem. Yes. And so if they're treating the symptom, like he was telling me, for instance, that he had a patient that... Um, the daughter, the child, he was treating a child and they had a problem. Their their father was a doctor. The doctor was treating their child for the symptoms, but the problem was something in their spine that needed yes. to be corrected. Yes. And once they finally corrected it through going to the chiropractor, the, no symptoms, symptoms. the symptoms went away. But that's what medicine a lot of times does is treats the symptoms. severe headaches, right? Wasn't I it? think that, it yeah, was I, severe I told you, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, they had severe headaches. And literally, it was just once they got their spine, they went to the chiropractor, got an alignment, got adjusted, everything was back to how it should have been. And they were medicating their child for these headaches for years. But that's what the system actually does. So they're absolutely correct when they do that. They, they're they going to treat your headache. They're not going to go, they're not going to take the time to go back and figure out why am I having a headache. Right, they're going right. to do that after I've had it so long that it's now almost costing me my life. Mm. Um, so when it comes to women's health uh, in particular, some of the things that I was looking up and listening to podcasts and listening to looking up other information, we have to know our bodies. We have to kind Absolutely. of really check in with ourselves Absolutely. and and really know what our home frequency feels like. What do what does our body feel like when it is completely centered, when it is completely um, what's the at our baseline? At what does like, our baseline feel yeah. like so that when there's something abnormal you, you automatically know. I don't care what anybody says. Something is wrong. Mm -hmm. We have to, one, know our body. So when we're trying to find, when you're, say you're having a baby, you're trying to decide what you want to do. You, you've you got to kind of 
figure out how to pick the right people to care for you. You actually get to pick your health care providers. Mm-hmm. You don't just have to go somewhere. You pick who is going to help you deliver Absolutely. this child or, or birth your child. Absolutely. Um, and what, you wanted to add something about the process that you were going through? or Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I wanted just to say something. Um, so I'm just reading here from Dr. McKenna. It says, Beyonce and Williams have access to the best health care. Um, Williams is a top-notch athlete, yet they were not immune to childbirth risk. Um, what causes any of these complications is not related to access to care or what is done during the pregnancy, says Dr. McKenna. It is what happens to you throughout your life and how stress affects your overall health. And now that you, and I would have to agree. So, um, both my, my friends, my friend base, I would say that we're all, you know, educated black women. It's phenomenal, but every single one of us had complications during childbirth. Mm. And so I tried to like, we sat and we were trying to figure out like what, you know, what in your life feels stressful? You feel as though you've acquired a certain status. Financially, you feel good. We're at this level. Yeah, we all had complications. It's because over and based on what Dr. McKenna is saying is that overall, our life has been more stressful. Therefore, stress is stored up in our bodies. And now that we have um, uh, a baby in our body, it's not there was not enough space to allow Mm. that baby to grow in a stress-free environment. Therefore, the complications were just... That is so... Did that just give me chills? That is me. Okay. I don't know if it was the thing or not, but I got chills Here's the thing. We're going to have to dig into that, that, that part about stress being stored up in your body yeah. because if there's anything we need to get rid of that we Absolutely. have to deal with that there's we have Absolutely. to deal with that we've got to we got to do some research and figure out how do we get what do we what we, this is a, we're in the self-care kind of where every, people are into self-care now but self-care isn't just pedicures and, and pampering right. some self-care is dealing with some of those things you just talked about what are some actual ways that we can get rid of that stored up stress. We can't, nobody can live like that. No. But sometimes you don't even realize what I was None just None of us thinking. realize Like it. you don't realize that it is even a factor. And mm. just thinking about just, you know, me going back to school, you know, as a mom going back to school to get my doctorate, trying to uh, uh, scale the ranks, you know, at your job, trying to do all of this, dealing with uh, daily stress of being a black woman in the all business field. All the microaggressions right. that, yes. that are in the workplace. Yes. Exactly. So dealing with all of that, raising two black males, you know what I'm saying? Just all of those things all that you of, just We can go back navigate. further. We can go back further since we're talking about what's something being stored up in our DNA and stored up in our body. What we, what our, our history, where did we come from? Where yes. did our people come from? <laughs> the the, the slave the slavery that we have in, that our people have endured that stress is yeah. has, it's, that's generational stuff mm. Absolutely. that's generational stuff that is also stored you have to let go of some of that Absolutely. and when I say let go of that doesn't mean oh just act like it didn't happen no that's what deal process because that acting like it didn't happen is not actually getting it out of your system it's clearly still there. because we're still mm-hmm. dealing with stress mm-hmm. right. I wonder what the, the actual birth rate is in like Africa or you know what I'm saying? Like, what is the natural birth rate? We can for, look it up. You know what I'm saying for yeah. for women, you know, that are there. Because um, it just made it just hit me like we're over here, and I just wanted to know what just that what that comparison would look like. And you know what I'm saying? Because it was just interesting. We can research it and drop yeah. it in the show notes for absolutely, sure. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And th- that you bring that up, it makes me think of the fact that I purposely. During, I found out very early because I, like you said, being know your body. I knew within the first month that I was pregnant. 
before I even finally got the diagnosis, diagnosis, the results that I was, <laughs> right. that I was actually pregnant, um, I knew. And so I took the time and I was like, you know what? Let me go call my therapist. Mm-hmm. Immediately. Immediately. Because I was like, I felt all of the, the things that, that I was starting to worry about. Yeah. The anxiety was building. The anxiety was building early. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) I want this to be peaceful. So I immediately called my therapist and I was like, um, let me, um, so ma'am. And we had a quick conversation and she was like, okay, come in to see me. And then we'll, we'll just talk about this. And within, I went maybe four times. So I went maybe a month Mm -hmm. to see her. And within that time, and that was spaced out. So it wasn't a month straight. It was like spaced out. She realized in that first meeting, she did something that was so powerful that I was just like, she could even see that I released it all. Like, I released the stress off of myself. And she was like, she gave me, basically gave me permission to rest. She gave me permission. I needed the permission. Wow. I needed it. The fact that somebody had to give you permission to do what we already have permission to do. Right. I needed her to give me permission. Like, Jasmine, you need to rest. You need to take, sit down. Take a chill. Like, don't don't overdo it. Don't overwork yourself because that's going to not give you the result that you want. You want it to be peaceful. You want a peaceful child. You want a peaceful pregnancy. So I need you to sit down. And as soon as she said it, I just... In a world where super where super pregnant moms are celebrated, you you know I, I watched a show called um, Pregnant in Heels. Yeah, and, I've seen that. Yes, and it's, <laughs> and I love the show, but it's basically models they're pregnant and they're they're still like out out and about. I mean, jamming it, doing everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, all, tearing the town up. Mm-hmm. Pregnant as can be, not resting their bodies at all. That's not necessarily healthy. healthy. No, at all. But it's celebrated, right? Just like, like snapbacks are celebrated. That's not. But realistic. I almost feel like it. No. it, it I think it's celebrated in a way because you're just like, you know what? I can do it all. I can have it all. You're not going to not hire me because I'm pregnant. You're not going to think that I can't do. So we we overcompensate. And right. then we're the ones that have to carry the babies. So men may be looking at like, I don't want to hire this pregnant woman because she's going to be out for nine but weeks But our or babies whatever. pay for that. We exactly. have to, we have to change the way. Yeah, our bodies, our bodies pay that, for that. Mm-hmm. Yes, that you're, if you are stressed internally when you're pregnant, your, your child that feels That stresses it. your baby Automatically. Out. Yeah. yeah. You're put, you're pa- like g- the genetic, you're passing that directly to your baby before they even have a chance to do anything. Imagine what a baby feels like when they're carried in the womb of a, of a mom that didn't want them. Oh! Yeah. Listen. Imagine the, 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 the disassociation that child is going to have. Imagine. Um, already. Um, the conflict in that, in the soul that child is going to have, the, the, the thoughts of not being wanted, they're going to know that. They're not going to know what, they're not going to be able to identify or have a name for it, but that's a whole nother that's topic. That's because those that's kids that go totally to good homes, topic. because you're right, because kids that go to a good home that were adopted of a parent that didn't want them, the parents can never figure out why this child was never emotionally happy. Like why there was always such a disconnect mm, because that, it started, that was so, started, started, started so early. But anyway. I want right. to come up with, yes. uh, as we're kind of going through this, I want to look at some remedies because there may be people who are trying to decide, I want to do a home birth. Um, first of all, understand and, and chime in on this if you want mm-hmm. to a little, because I haven't given birth. So, but my thought is, a lot. I know a lot of people think that hospitals are safer. Um, this this whole notion that 
um, midwives and doulas are somehow untrained and not as safe. That's absolutely not true. That's, Talk. That's absolutely give some not information true. about right. that. Then I want to give some kind of remedies and things that people can look for if they want. If they are deciding that they want. Whether they want to go the, the doula and midwife route or the hospital route, there are certain things you can look for, even in a hospital, to make your, make your stay safer. Right. So talk about what you know about midwives and doulas and their training and why it is not unsafe to have one. Right. So you definitely um, need to do your research and make sure you're finding somebody that, because they do need to have the certification. There is a certification now. Although they try to, historically, they try to eliminate those the, the doulas and the midwives because they were trying to make these certifications unavailable to them. Like yes. if you didn't have those certifications, well, oh, you shouldn't go to that person. But midwives have been around for ages. Yes. Like yeah. that's how births were done before they had a In hospital. the Bible, it talks about the Egyptian... Uh, the Egyptian, they were doulas basically that went to the Hebrew women to deliver right. their children. Right. Doulas and midwives have been around forever. For, for ages. And so um, make sure you just do your research. Find one if you want to do, because I did interviews. Like I definitely didn't just, you know, oh, let, let me go with this random person. I did interviews. I did research. The doula that I actually ended up with, um, I'll give you her name. Her name is Jennifer Randall. She was fantastic. Um, she has five children. Um, she's delivered in a multitude of ways. And so she has the experience. So that I looked for somebody that that knew yes. that could not only the educational side of it. And she experience. gave so much education. Like when we were we did um, our birthing classes, like one, do your birthing classes. If you have a doula that offers both of those services, that's even better because then they can give you the education and the support yes. together. Um, and that's what she did for us. Um, as far as going the birthing center route and having um, a midwife, the midwife is the person that actually delivers your baby. The doula is your support system, your advocate. So you can have a doula whether you go to a birthing center or the hospital. That's right. Um, they are just there to support you and advocate for you because in the middle of all of that that's going on, your head might be spinning, especially as the, the woman, as the mom, your head might be spinning and your your spouse, your, your child's father, whoever, they might also be trying to support you and they aren't really paying attention to what's really going on. But if you have, you come up with your plan and you have your doula there, she can support you and make sure that Nothing. All of your wishes is what happens because right. they speak the medical lingo to around be able you, to, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. to be able to interpret for you, the the doula the to doula, be able to yes. interpret for you what exactly is happening and whether right now if you try, decide to have a doula and you're in the hospital, um, they'll be able to be that bridge for you, right? Yes. Um, so right. that if something do, a complication does happen or arise, they can uh, advocate for you on whether it's necessary for you to go this next step or whether or the doctor needs to keep trying. Right. Right. Absolutely. And so when you have a midwife, again, that's the person that is actually going to deliver your baby yes. in the birthing center. And I know some hospitals have midwife nurses. So they're they are trained to be a midwife and deliver the baby, but they're in the hospital as a nurse. Yes. And so that that's amazing if you're in the hospital and that's the type of situation you have where the, the nurse is a midwife as well. So whether the doctor makes it there on time or not, you have that person. But in in the hospital situation, um, in the hospital situation, it is just very interesting um, because they really try not to advocate for midwives. 
my like the in the doctor the doctor's office that I went to the male doctor when I decided and told them that I was not going to be having my baby with them and I was going to go to the birthing center route he was like trying to tell me horror stories about his child how the his daughter ended up where the midwife did not know that the baby was breach, breach. breach. and so she ended up having to have a c-section at the last minute and I was like but doulas know how well, to... Well, you have to understand yeah. why they do that. That cuts right. their money. If they're not right. birthing them, they're not getting paid for the birth. So right. while it is absolutely ridiculous that anyone would do that, because, that, again, that goes against your wishes, it, it's not even about what they want at that point. Right. It's absolutely. about what you're deciding. Absolutely. And so it was just, you know, that was another situation. If you are in... If your doctor at any point, because that's what I had to do, at any point, if they are trying to scare you or... Um, make you feel like what you're what you're asking and what you're requesting um, is crazy or like oh we can't do that then you need to switch where you're getting your care yeah. immediately and and I had some um, I started doing a little bit of research for women that want to go the house the hospital route mm-hmm. some things that you can look for to ensure that the hospital is right for you mm. um, it's something called uh, checking for a baby friendly initiative status. Oh, okay. Um, you, that's literally what it's called for. Check for their baby-friendly initiative status. That means they will be considered baby-friendly if they promote skin-to-skin contact. Oh, okay. If nice. they um, promote cord clamping, which we talked about, the d- delayed, delayed cord, cord clamping, and if they promote breastfeeding over formula. Mm-hmm. That's what is considered um, a baby-friendly initiative, and hospitals are moving towards that. So even if you're someone that will maybe prefer a more natural feel to the birthing process, but you need to go to a hospital. Maybe you're someone that has a high risk pregnancy and you need to be in a hospital, but you want it to be natural. You don't want all this. You don't want all the stress surrounding it. You can at least look for what is called a baby friendly initiative. Either way, no matter what process you decide to go to, there are things that as women we can do to help us, um, along the process. And I started talking about that. One is knowing your body. Yes. Knowing where you are, you know, make, make sure you're in optimal enough health. Um, if you're not in optimal health then doing what you need to do to, to correct that, but knowing your body second, protect your mind. So know your body, but protect your mind. When Mm -hmm. I say protect your mind, that means the way people see the way you see yourself against societal pressures, the Mm. the pressure to only go to a hospital when you know you want something else. Right. Protect your mind against that. You're going to have to, some stuff you might, you might not be able to, to, to put it all over social media that you're pregnant. If you know you're susceptible to, um, to words and, you know, Mm. stress affects you, you might have to keep that to your close, your, your intimate circle and protect your, your body, your mind, as you're going through that process of birthing, because you're carrying another life and your stress becomes their stress. Absolutely. And lastly, get care from people and organizations who honor your body and your wishes for your body. Right. Ooh, that's good. Period. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good. Get care from people and organizations who honor your body and who honor your wishes for your body. Yeah. You don't have to go to a hospital. That hospital isn't better. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go to a midwife. That doesn't make it better. It is you get to decide what you do with your body. Right. And you want to go to people who are going to honor your body and the wishes that you have for your body. Right. And an, another note on that is even if that means that some of your family Woo. is not included in that process. Do what you have to do. Do what you have to do to create the peace that you need for you and your child. Yeah. Plain and simple, because they that can be a catalyst 
in your pregnancy. That can be the one thing. Okay, well, my mom doesn't believe in me going this route or my child's father's parents. No, not even that. My, my parents are toxic. Right. That's what or I was just going to say. They're toxic. toxic. Right. They're and toxic. They, they are a source of stress for me. Right. During this process, I'm going to have to keep them at Time bay just a smidge. Yeah. Right. Just a smidge. At right. the end of the day, we are responsible for our health. Mm-hmm. And so thinking about those stress factors, we've got to do what we have to do to eliminate that stress. And then when it comes to the birthing process in particular, understand that your money won't won't alleviate Mm-mm. the disparity that, that goes in there, that implicit bias that is woven into mm-hmm. healthcare and nearly every other system that exists in this country. Mm-hmm. You won't, won't your, your money won't absolve you from that. So you have right. to care for yourself and you have to look for people who are going to care for you the way you would, you would like to be cared for. Absolutely. We have a right and a responsibility. We have the right to be cared for the way we want to be cared for. And, and we have the right to make those decisions no healthcare provider can make those decisions for you. Um, they have the you have a responsibility to to seek out the kind of help that will honor your wishes. Absolutely, okay. that was good. So was good. good. All right, you guys, we're going to leave the information in the show notes. Um, yes, many for you links. All. Many yes, links. lots and lots of links. So please visit them. Um, so it was nice talking to y'all today. Yes, it was. It was. Take care of Peace yourselves. Out. Peace, Peace out. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of The Sisters Collective. Tune in next week for another family meeting. Be sure to rate, comment, subscribe, and follow us at The Sisters Collective on all social media platforms.